and welcome back to Bardic Community College. I'm Derek. And I'm Jordan. Today we're here to talk about uh, children's card games. No, it's a little more advanced than children's card games. But we're we do get to about... we get do get to play it on motorcycles. You can technically play any mo- like any card game on motorcycles if you're brave enough. But anyway, today we're talking about Slay the Spire, the indie deck building roguelike video game developed by Megacrit. A roguelite, since it does have uh, uh, rewards that are cumulative upon uh, completion and do not go away. There is a difference in those two terms, believe it or not. Alrighty then. <laughs> well, it's a lot like uh, Binding of Isaac in that regard, where you have uh, these macro game elements that accrue as you complete more runs of the game. Correct. You might have just described the same thing. Anyway, so the <laughs> uh, first released in uh, beta in 2017, or early access, and then an official release in 2019, um, Slay the Spire. Uh, is uh well it's a it's a bit of a time sink uh it is the kind of grossly enthralling game that leaves me uh like playing it for every like like for two hours every other day and being like what happened what was i doing i thought you were going to say uh i forget what the combination of words were but i thought you were going to say it's grossly enthralling and i was grossly enthralled i was definitely grossly enthralled um, this is this is a game that multiple people pushed on me until I gave it a shot, and sadly, sad to say, it was I should have just done it the first time somebody told me to try it. I know it's not One Piece. You don't have to let fifteen people tell you that it's not great. Oh, One Piece did not take me that that like that long to try out. But uh, I'm now a slave to it. But that's have, that's beside the point. I am a slave. I'm a slave. Slave to the One Piece. Man, you just got to get through those first 50 episodes. No, that's not true. First thousand <laughs> episodes. No, you You really have. It's like, I feel like it's all uphill after like, it's it's all really good after you get to like, I don't know, the, the first arc with Arlong. It's like, what, 40 episodes in in the anime? 50 episodes? And that's really good. And then it's all, like, really fun from there on out. All I know is it's too much. It's definitely, it's it's more of a complexity creep as you go along. But we're, we're, that's way off topic. Um, Slay, <laughs> Slay the Spire is, uh, is a deck-building game. You pick one of four characters. Um, well, you start with and, one, and then you unlock the other three. Uh, you start, well, you when I played the game, you started with all three. Oh, no, oh, I guess you do. St- uh, no, never mind. Never mind. You do unlock them as you go. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I know I had to. Right. It could have changed since then because I was playing it in early access and I know it has gone 1.0 in then since. Um, but yeah, you do have to <coughs> slowly because you get the ironclad first. Um, and he was actually the first character I played because uh, my friend Zach uh, showed me the game and let me play a run through of it. And that's how that was how I was encouraged to buy it for the for realsies. Um, for reals yeah <laughs> um but the the crux of the game is you pick a character they have a deck of cards that is sort of pre-made around their base mechanic each character has mm-hmm. sort of a rotating mechanic that can be adjusted in the game mm-hmm. and the game has the game like you start with your deck and then you 
you go through the eponymous spire, which is a horrible uh, eldritch monstrosity. Yeah, like a pop apocalyptic making uh, thing. And your best friend is a giant whale, a land whale, a dead rotting giant whale who lives at the bottom of the spire. Who is apparently Um, also a deity of some sort, if you read the lore. Um, and you play through and you're, you're given your deck. It represents your character's skills and powers. And you go through the eponymous spire, climbing up, trying to, uh, where every room has a different thing in it from enemies. There are four floors and each floor sort of gets divided into a little sort of pirate map almost where you can pick a route that occasionally branches off into another route. And you run into one of the, like, five kinds. So it's treasure, monster, random encounter, shop. And then I guess boss And counts. rest sites. Rest sites, that's it, sites. So um, encounters can be regular or elites. Elites are just big upgraded boss versions of regular monsters. Uh, usually pretty unique fights, though. And then uh, the shop is self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah, they're like mini bosses. Yeah, uh, the rest site lets you either upgrade one card in your deck. Uh, cards can only be upgraded once, uh, so it has a regular version and an upgraded version, unless the card says otherwise. Like, there's one that gives you two damage on the card every time you upgrade it, which it starts at like six, so it's never like great. <laughs> um, or you can take a nap. Yeah, or you can take a nap, which your upgrade it gives you back twenty percent of your HP, or is it thirty? Uh, 30%. 30, and you can, that, that can be adjusted. Um, the other mechanic to be aware of when starting the game is that there are relics. These are items that give you an ability that is, uh, lasts until you lose the run or the, the current run. Or if you somehow expend the number of uses, some relics have conditions where they turn off if you do something. Yeah, there's one that, like, if you die, it brings you back. There, there's, there's a lot of little ones. So, mm-hmm. The big trick is um, you are going through each of these stories uh, with each character, and there's a qualifier to unlock the next character. But supposedly your goal is to get to the top of the tower. Each floor out of the four has a boss. Uh, I don't think you can fight the heart on the first run. I think... Uh, you you cannot. I think you have to unlock all three characters. Yeah, I think you have to unlock the characters to get there. When you reach the top of the tower with any character, assuming you beat, of course, all three bosses, you reach the heart, and you... This isn't really a spoiler, because that's not how the game really works, but you try to attack the heart, and you fail, and it kicks you back to the beginning again, which is the in-universe explanation for the roguelike elements. Yeah, and it's it gives you a little background. It's a cute little story. It's very interesting. Um, so as you beat a monster, uh, you have a chance of getting a relic, although they're very, very low. Generally what happens is you get a little bit of gold and, uh, you get to choose one choice choice of a card. Yeah. Yeah. One out of three cards. There are items or relics that adjust that. Like there's one that gives you an extra card. There's one that gives you only one card, but it's always upgraded. Um, uh, there's ones that let you forego a card to get like a permanent stat boost. Um, there's there, some card. There's some ones where it'll give you two choices of three at the end of every yeah. uh, fight. 
There, there's, there's a lot of ways to manipulate it, and the game stays pretty fresh doing that. So, in addition to just like your regular TCG, so like your, it's close to cryptologic, cryptozoological, cryptologic, whatever they are. Like the DC, the Naruto, the Attack on Titan, um, deck building. The games. DC, the Naruto. Funny to say that the same. The DC. Uh, my favorite was the Street Fighter one, which never got uh, a sequel, which I was really upset by because it's probably the best system. I played the, I think I've played the Street Fighter in the the uh, DC one, but I haven't touched any of the others. Yeah, um, the the Street Fighter one is very very good. So the way it works is your basic deck has ten cards. You have a couple of defense cards, and then a whole bunch of just regular pokes, and then like I think you get an one or two specialty get, cards. Uh, yeah, besides the silent, I think every deck starts with 10. You get your basic attacks, defends, and you get one special card or two special cards that do something basic. Yeah, I don't remember how many it is, because I know the Ironclad gets, like, bash. So, mm -hmm. uh, the way it works is you get, you get, you draw five cards at the beginning of each round. Uh, there are card, there are relics that adjust this. You can draw multiple cards you can draw less cards for more powerful effects you can discard cards you can put cards back on the top of your deck etc 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 there are ways to manipulate this um each of these cards has a cost and an effect so you start out with three energy and yep. most of your moves are either zero one or two occasionally you will find a three and sometimes very rarely there is a four plus uh, there are only like a handful of cards in the game that really go that high um, and then there are other cards that have conditions. There's like the one that's 10 costs, but every time, every time you cast one that round, it goes down by one. So eventually it's a zero, but it can cost you a couple of times. Um, and that, that's really it. That's the basics. So like you have, a well, well, and part of the, part of it is you always draw five to start with, uh, from your deck when you play any cards left in your hand at the end of the turn are discarded. Yep. And then... If you would draw from your deck, but you don't have any cards in it, your graveyard pile or discard pile reshuffles, and then you draw from it again. Um, and again, with pretty much every rule we've talked about, there is a way to adjust it somehow. <laughs> yeah, the all the relics are pretty all encompassing. So, like the things they affect are very specific and deliberate. So, um, there are also status effects in the game. Each character has their own kind of theme. So with, like, the main guy, the big melee dude, uh, he can affect your strength. He can affect uh, weakness, which is sort of how you apply damage. He can break your defense. Uh, dexterity and strength are both stats that affect how you defend and how you attack. Um, there's things like poisons, fire damage, burn damage, drain, stuff like that. There's, there's about a dozen or so status effects in the game i think there might be either slightly more or slightly less but i i think it's close to 10 yeah and there's um a lot of like one-off status effects or mechanics for individual monsters that like might show up once uh, and there's a few that repeatedly show up and these are these are often things that involve putting cards into your deck that the enemy can do um lots of enemies have like uh curses burns de yeah dazed effects that you know they just like gum up your deck and make it so that you're drawing crap when you you know you need to draw stuff to actually you need gas you need the gas you need gas um they're also there's also a potion mechanic so like there are potions do different things they like 
give you extra energy for a turn. There's damage potions. There's card draw potions. There's stat potions. There, there, there's a lot of ways to affect the game without actually having to play a card. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what really separates this game from a lot of other RPGs or similar type games is that the game gives you a lot of information about the enemies just from just from going through it. Like you whenever you enter a combat, you know exactly how much HP they have um, and you know their intention. That is what they're going to do like on that turn. And you can sometimes disrupt this intention, but it might be like, oh, this monster intends to attack for XYZ damage. So you knowing that you go about trying to like, you know, you might be like, okay, well, I have to at least block this much like to to stop it, or I have to I should attack this much to kill it before it gets a chance to attack. So a big strategic element of the game is playing around the enemy intention. And, and um, there are is, items and relics that sort of adjust that. So like there's one that gives you more damage, but you can't see what the enemy is doing. So you have to play a little more carefully and almost every enemy has a rotation. So generally it's, they have like four attacks and through each round, they cycle through one of them. There is some randomization to this, but not a ton. Uh, most enemies are pretty static as far as their abilities go. Unless they have like a roulette ability, which some do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the enemies have very different abilities from other enemies that only like that that only really show up once. Um, making each and I it makes kind of each enemy kind of uh, special in that regard. Um, like even from like the very first floor, they're these little worm-like dudes that. You can hit them, um, but if the first time you hit them, they get a free block bonus. So it's almost like on the first turn, they have extra HP that then goes away if you don't, like, then goes away after that first time you hit them. So you're encouraged to hit them once and then not again. Yeah, there are, there cool, are some enemies that yeah. have, like, very reactive, weird abilities. Like the little the worms that, like, when you tag and they curl up and you're like, guys, come on, let's... That that's that, that was literally what I was just yeah that, like they so what they do is there's a there's a visual effect when they do it so like when you hit them they're like little roly poly bugs so when you tag them they like roll up into a ball and they're armored so the, like the idea that the status effects or how the creatures are reacting is actually you can see it happen is pretty cool most of the time like it's very interesting the way they do it at the very least. But and kind of and kind of do a kind of into how the game differentiates each playthrough is really comes from how you build each of the characters. So the game has four character classes slash like things to play to choose from when you start. You start with just the ironclad and then you get uh the silent, the defect, and the watcher. The watcher being a fourth character that was added this year. The other three were all available, I think, in beta and were you know we're all place tested. Well, we had the we had yeah. the ironclad for a long time, um, and then the silent was unlockable, and then we didn't get the defect for like I want to say five or six months. Um, mm-hmm. They they did a pretty good job at keeping the early access at least 
uh, gradual. Like they would unleash mechanics, unlock mechanics. You would play with them for a little while to figure out like, do these work? Is this overpowered? Like each character had a significant amounts of balancing well before the game was released. Yeah. Yeah, because another one of my friends played it uh, bef- like while it was still in early access, and he was the first person to tell me about it. <laughs> um, but the the three characters have um, the three characters lean towards different archetypes and different kinds of ways of building your deck, and that's because each character, for the most part, has a specific pool of cards that they build from. There are a few cards that any character can pick from. These are the gray or colorless cards, I think. Um, but otherwise, like the Ironclad, whose color is red, like that's that's like just the 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 motif associated with them. His red cards are your are like only the only ones he can get. Yeah, and there are different classifications of cards. You have attacks, you have skills, you have abilities. Uh, so abilities tend to be static. So it's something that you play and sort of it affects powers, powers. That's what it is. So powers tend to affect how you play while you're doing it. So they're usually a one time shot and then they affect from there going skills tend to be technical or defensive. So it's like if you play three X cards, you get a fourth one for free or something like that. And then the or your, yeah, your average like draw cards effects, uh, search effects like like one time boost effects that kind of thing yeah whereas your strikes are pretty standard your attacks are just attacks like there's nothing that that really goes kind of crazy there so those are pretty self-explanatory but um there each character has a color it's uh red for ironclad green for silent blue for defense and purple for Watcher. Yeah, and purple for Watcher. So I haven't played the Watcher yet, so I don't really know her. And I've only put a couple of hours into the Defect, uh, mostly because I didn't really like the mechanic. But I've played an extensive amount of the Silent and the Ironclad. <laughs> so having, at this point, done a uh, multiple runs with every character and doing... I think the only one I haven't uh, done a full, complete, uh, like a full, complete Act 4 run with is the Watcher. But all the other ones I've done um, a Act 4 run with. Um, uh, I like that. I mean, I, I like I like having the different characters, and I think they all do a good enough job of having vastly different play styles. Um, so at this point, I probably played the Silent more than the others in terms of, like, just overall game time. But... Um, and I've I've also had the most run wins with the silent. Um, I probably played the Ironclad the next most, and then the Defect I probably played the least, but had about as much success as the Ironclad. And then the um, the the Watcher is probably my least played or tied with the Defect, or probably a little more than the Defect actually. But she is by far the one that I have had the least amount of luck and or skill with. I have died a lot with the Watcher. <laughs> the Watcher definitely requires kind of a very deliberate, specific play style. So you you kind of have to prepare with her because a lot of her abilities are like look at the cards that are coming up, tuck the cards that are coming up, sort of 
adjust your play style on the fly, whereas, like, the defect has an element sphere grid thing. So, like, as you play a specific element, he gets an orb. That orb affects your stuff in a certain cycle, and you can adjust and augment your abilities through that. Uh, the silent is... Um, what is, I guess her primary combo, is, or her primary ability is combo, if I were, like, taking a wild guess. Um, she's kind of like the... She's kind of... she And, again, every character has a little bit more to them um, than, and different paths you can kind of take on, but most of hers are either combo or... Um, poison. Like... Or, well, poison slash, like, grinder-type builds. Yeah, the, um, uh, each, each character has very specific things that you can adjust and play around a deck. Um, it's been said that there is a, a little bit of unfortunateness because you have to... Uh, sometimes you just don't get the deck you want to play. Uh, it just does not happen for whatever reason. You just don't get there. So yeah, the, the randomness can screw you on that. Yeah. So you kind of have to be capable of playing a couple of different styles of each character. Cause sometimes, uh, RNG just decides what you're playing. And if you don't know how to do it, you're going to have a bad time. Um, and it really, the game does really reward if you're managed to somehow get your combo pieces early so that you can then build around your deck. Um, you're going to have trouble if you don't really find a good, like, combo piece early. And so you just kind of have to make a generalist type deck. Um, but let's kind of get into a bit more of the nitty gritty with each character. So each character starts with a specific, one specific relic that is unique to them. Um, there are 10 to 12 deck of cards. Uh, and they each have unique values for gold and HP which isn't super relevant, but it does, uh, it does make for slightly different, uh, slightly different play styles. Um, the ironclad starts out with, uh, burning blood, I believe is the name of the power, which lets him heal six HP after every combat. Uh, his whole deck style tends to be very much just, I'm a whack it. <laughs> <coughs> well, it depends I think out of all of the characters, the way he plays is probably the most varied because you can do crazy weird shit with his builds. There's one that is just a magnitude strength deck. There's one that is a strike deck. Uh, there's one that is a, the Sneko eye completely changes how you play every character period uh, because you're just gambling at that point, which is pretty wild, but it's still one of the best items in the game. Um, you can build a block deck. There's a thorn deck that is sort of similar, but not necessarily like each character has pretty wide variants for like the archetypes they can play. But I think the ironclad has maybe the biggest variance between like how you play them. Like all of the silence combo decks play roughly the same, including like her, both of her poison decks. Uh, I think the Defect might be the only character that has, like, a wider play field than the Ironclad, because his stuff is just, like, 
you can pick an element, you can pick an orb section, you can pick augments. You, can, you can go, oops, all orbs. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just a lot more going on in that one than um, a lot of the other characters. Um, Like, uh, with the... And the ironclad stuff tends to be more about dealing big damage, getting attacks that either make your enemies vulnerable or weaken them briefly. Um, you, you can also go like very heavy in the block with him too, but you, you kind of have to deal with like your main, your main gameplay function is direct combat, hitting, hitting enemies and taking damage. And this makes your relic extremely useful. In fact, I'd say it's the most useful relic of the four. Uh, yeah. Out of all four of them, I think it's the most. So you don't automatically, you don't get life back unless you use an item or for some reason something gives you life so to auto recover at the end of a fight is very very powerful in this particular game like life is definitely king and generally um it, it avoids a lot of the rules of uh ccgs or i guess it's not a ccg i guess this would be yeah i guess it is a ccg um I mean, it's it is a card game. Collectible would in, imply that you have to go out and yeah, and TC is to go implies the card, yeah, and but. T implies trading. So I don't, I'm not really sure. It, it's I don't know what the the denotation is for it, um, but it's not like a lot of the other ones where like you can goof around and play high risk, high reward with like two HP, because sometimes this things just sort of come out of left field and you are hosed. <laughs> And there's yeah, you have no is, control over it whatsoever. A lot of ironclad runs have ended with me thinking that I had that I had everything, uh, like you know that I could take it, that I could take anything, and then getting my ass beat by another enemy. Um, like uh, you, you tend to you tend to have the most pro and the the really neat thing about the game is that it is designed in such a way that every character struggles with different kinds of enemies typically. Um, yeah, because like there are enemies that are really good against high damage. There there'll be like people that have like multiple shields on, so you have to break their shield so many times before you can do any real damage. There'll be people that are like, hey, you can't play more than like one card a turn. And you go, oh, well, shit. Um, yeah, there's some trouble. It's like a, there's some uh, I, I would say that I get it. The elites probably are the things that will tend to be the will tend to be the thing that tends to mess you up most. Uh, playing through the game, especially on uh, when you unlock the higher difficulty setting. You don't like the giant head? I, 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 you know, maybe I'm just lucky, but the giant head has never given me that much trouble. It, it doesn't until it does. It's one of those things. Like I my think first... I've only died to the giant head once. Yeah, like my first couple of runs against him, I just like windmill slammed him. I was like, oh, this was really easy, and then I could well, not put him down for some reason, and he just 